Oi, test those audio levels. I'll be having no clipping on this pod. Gains adjusted, sir. Set your improv. No interruptions. You guys still doing your dumb fucking podcast? Uh Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at a narrative or story-focused game and give our thoughts on it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm the D-Boy. <laughs> this week, that's good. That's good. I'm always, I'm always raising you for not bringing the right energy, and that's good. You found it. You fucking got it in one. Beautiful. Um, this week, we played Return of the Obra Din. Return of the Obra Din, the game developed by Lucas Pope, the guy who created Papers, Please, um, and had a little bit of a history before then. Um, game is currently out on Windows and Mac. It is $20, and it was released October 18th, 2018. And this was a unique fucking game. What a unique game. And also, I want to give credit where credit is due first off here. Lucas Pope made this thing all by himself. I was I was such I was so amazed about when the credits rolled up and he's like, art, design, programming, music, all by me, baby. What <laughs> yeah, a fucking, that's what the credits what a, said too. What a baller! Like, yeah, that is what they said is all by me, baby, in his mm-hmm. very like emotionally gripping game about. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about what it's about, but yeah, just all by me, baby. Yeah, uh, he had um, some help from. There's a little bit of voice acting, and I actually read into this, and apparently those were all local voice actors very close to where he lived that he auditioned to get some help out with, which is kind of cool. That's fascinating. I did not yeah. know that. So what yeah, a fun um, fact. I just a little bit of history about this game um, and the development. Well, first let's let's kind of give a, a brief yeah. overview of what this game is before I give a little history about it, and then we get into it. Um, Duncan, you want to kind of walk us through? Sure what thing. this thing is, yeah, as sure best thing. as you can explain it. So, um, <clears throat> Return of the Oberdin, first offhand, like, f- the first thing that I wanted to say is, like, as such a unique style and its uh, graphics, it has a certain thing called a shader on that makes everything kind of um, monochromatic, where it's either, like, pretty much brown or white, and that's really it. So it makes certain faces or um you know parts of the ship look extremely unique and very like old but Mm. somehow still like it doesn't look like a sepia tone it's very stylized in this um super specific way that i think we would waste time trying to explain to you i would just say if you really want to know what it looks like definitely just google it and um it's it's an astounding style that i've the, the shader they use is just, like, really mind-blowing, and he does a lot of cool details with it. Um, yeah, but, very um, callback to, like, early Macintosh-type games, which is the inspiration for a lot of the, the art style. Yes, for sure. So um, you are a insurance broker, essentially. Insurance adjuster, I Adjuster, think? sure. I don't know what insurance those. terms mean, but I feel like broker's yeah. a salesman. I don't know if that's yeah. right or not. <laughs> no, that it feels sure. like it. You're, you're an insurance woman of some sort. Uh, who has been sailed out to this ship that has been spookily just left kind of in the middle of the ocean Ooh. with the package. And it's like, you're going to get to this ship, you're going to open the package, and then all will be revealed. So you open up this this package, and it's got a um, pocket watch in it called the Memento Mortem. Ooh. 
and a book. <laughs> Ooh. Can you start doing that every time something interesting <laughs> happens in any game? Sure thing. And in Life is Strange, you play as a young high school girl, Max Caulfield, who can go back in time. Ooh. <laughs> as if this is the first time of me understanding this concept. And um, the book that has several chapters in it for what kind of happened on this ship and an explanation of kind of like most generally what the ship was and um, a list of crew members. So your job going forward here is to use the pocket watch, the momentum mortem, to approach corpses gently, kindly, saying, hello, corpse, I'm going to look (laughs) back in time. And then you fall back in time and um, you don't really fall. It's you just kind of see and you get a small kind of like audio clip of what happened uh during or kind of before this person died and then the moment of their death you get a freeze in time of the scene of their death you get to see like what how they um died generally you get to see the people around you get to kind of walk around the scene and like excuse me see the sights of what you know what everything looked like and Mm -hmm. Um, so once you witness those things, that person comes out in the book and you get the, um, the person in that chapter saying, okay, um, you know, for instance, like, you know, Alex died because I got angry at him and I killed him, you know, like one of those kind of things. So you Mm -hmm. have to fill in this information to say, okay, this guy died. This is how he died. And this is who killed him if applicable. And so you will be going through all of these, uh, corpses and uh, different parts of the game and chapters to try and discover who is who on the 60 crew member ship that yeah that's the that's the shit of it it's <laughs> 60 crew members and you have to from like a picture and a list of names identify every single one of them and how they died if they died and it's it's a lot and it is. the the information given to you is very sparse. They're not like you don't get conversations where it's eight people sitting around a table all talking about each other's name and then a boulder <laughs> falls on all eight of them. Like you don't get that shit. It's like you get you get given like six names throughout the entirety of the game. God, Chet, Chet Mansley, I'm so <laughs> mad at you I could kill you, Chet. Bang! <laughs> boom, boom, ba Also, um, there's just yeah. Yeah, so um, this game is a little bit difficult, but it is very rewarding. Um, Mm -hmm. The way that the game kind of, like, works, so it's not, like, expecting you to get all of them, and then once you get all of them, it's just kind of, like, it's, like, good job. It verifies in threes. So Mm -hmm. once you get three of them right, the game rewards you and says, hey, good job. You got these three right and locks in your answers for them. Um, So... Yeah, that's that's the very like general like hey, this is how this game works. Um, so I think we're going to kind of transition into just uh, getting a little bit more into the spoiler territory of um, the story and what we think about the mechanics and stuff like that. The story is not super heavy. Um, we yeah. really walk around small vignettes of the story and like kind of get bits and pieces out of order like the first mm-hmm. chapter that you get is the last one so like yeah. we're we're going we're going to put this in order but um you know just so yeah. you know definitely this is not given to you like a storybook or anything like that how we're gonna do it mm-hmm. so um yeah and also before before we move on any further i want to recommend this game 
Yeah, if that's very true. We're going to get into the spoiler territory, but you should 100% go play this game. It's about eight hours, eight to nine hours, somewhere in that range. Um, that's what Duncan and I clocked in at. That's what um, it's usually rated. It's it's phenomenal. It's a ton of fun. It's really interesting. The Just the way the mechanics work and the way the story is woven into everything because of that makes it really interesting. Um, and... The spoiler territory that we are going to get into, uh, although the story is not necessarily the driving point yeah. of the whole game, necessarily. I think it's uh, more like the solutions to some of the puzzles yeah. and why we did or did not like them is more the spoiler than the actual yeah. story. Which is and the way that some of the story you know weaves together is really cool and fun to find out. So definitely, if you haven't played it, if you are excited about playing it, if what we said, you know made it seem interesting if you saw pictures of it and said hey that looks really cool um definitely stop this and and go pick it up if you liked papers please you know lucas pope does it again with this one so by all means he does, uh, it does the same thing it, <laughs> no hey, does it again you, walk then, in, you go into the corpse <laughs> and then it's like hey papers please and then they give you got to check the expiration date you got to make sure it's as does yeah, it it's again and then puts out another banger I okay know. I just thought it was a fun little scenario. So, so go check it out before we get into spoiler territory. You've been warned. Um, and without further ado, I guess the, since it's broken up yeah. into 10 discrete chapters, we can just kind of go back and forth each Ping pong, one. ping pong. Go for it. Just like that. I will start with chapter one. I'm not going to sing this podcast because I think <laughs> we would lose the anyone who is even mildly interested. <laughs> so chapter one, again, we're going in chronological order and not the order you find them, is called Loose Cargo. And this is really just about the um, beginning before the Oberdin leaves from England to wherever it's going. Um, and really the only thing that happens in this chapter, which is just two scenes, is you get a shot of a couple of the sailors trying to like bring some cargo safely down into the ship. And it was not properly secured, so a rope snaps and it falls on top of one of the sailors killing them, as well as somebody who was trying to smuggle themselves in a, a little cargo barrel for free passage across the, she, um, the sea, which that person, they don't even count. That's just a yeah. fun little gimme. Like, it falls, you see the scene that, like, shows that somebody died. It looks right at a barrel, and afterwards it's just like, ah, some rando. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally it. You don't even have to name them. Yeah. I, I love There's a couple of those those little moments where it's like you don't even have to name this it's just it's just for you this is a gimme i like yep. those a lot um the second chapter a bitter cold uh so pretty much there's obviously a sickness because this is old times and ship um and ah <laughs> 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 uh, yes i remember that line comes straight out of the history books <laughs> It comes straight out of Oberdin. The surgeon goes, ah, yes, we are in old times, and this is ship. <laughs> this I is think consumption. Ship. Obvious sickness. <laughs> so uh, the the surgeon of the ship uh, rules uh, the sickness out that uh, a couple of the seamen are having is consumption. And we yeah. lose, like, three of them, and it's kind of sad. Yep, that's that whole chapter. And again, so that whole chapter is not one scene. It is, like, three distinct scenes. Yeah. But really, the only thing is a couple of people died due to sickness, and then you get some other information in there. That's kind of how, how it works. Yeah, a um, lot of these chapters, like even though this is all that happens in them, you learn so much about the other characters through these scenes. Like you get to see what room they were in, you get to see what person they're talking to. So like, yeah, this is not interesting, but like it is when you travel backwards, you know? Yeah. 
but now we're on to murder, which is the beginning of one of the like three story chapters in here. Yep. Um, so on the ship are these four people who are Formosan royalty, or I think two of them are, and two of them are Formosan, Formosan guards. Yes, um, um, so in this scene, we see that the second mate on the ship had snuck on to steal the Formosan treasure um, because they had brought aboard like a little treasure chest, and we get a scene of him knocking out one of the guards, and then somebody kind of, you know, just another one of the, the crew members on the ship. I'm kind sorry. Of, somebody? You mean the sweetest man in the on the <laughs> ship? Like the actually most innocent, sweetest man on the ship? Go ahead, though. Just some yeah. guy. Yeah, whatever. Somebody really sneaks up on him. I'm was. sorry. There were 60 Fine. people. Um, uh, somebody <laughs> walks up okay. on him and kind of says, you're like, oh, hey, what's going on? Like, do you need any help? What's going on over here? Um, and the second mate brutally stabs him to death, um, framing the Formosan guard. Um, then uh, we get a scene also shortly after that of the Formosan guard Huxang Lao, who is tied up over the edge of the ship, um, who is the one that's knocked out in a, apparently the second mate framed him for murder. So we get a scene of Huxang Lao being basically shot to death. Um, and then we close out that chapter with a scene of the second mate taking a group of mit, uh, mutineers um, kidnapping the two Formosan royalty members and, like, sailing off into the sea, presumably to try and ransom them and, you know, get some money from whatever treasure they had. Yeah, so the second mate's a real piece of shit. He's just um, a big old fuckbag. There's a couple of those in this game. Yeah, so the next one, the calling. Um, so the second mate uh, takes them out to a, some islands where um, he is presumably going to sell and ransom them for their treasure and... Um, they the formosans pretty much are like hey this 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 treasure shouldn't be in this zone like monsters it monsters should not fall into the water oh god oh god it can't yeah, fall it's into so the water. important you don't put it in the water and the second mate i don't really remember clearly but i'm pretty sure he's just like eh he, fuck it. i mean he doesn't <laughs> understand what they're saying and nobody's translating uh, he's just like let's get over here shut up row <laughs> yeah uh, he's an asshole and uh so then Things get real supernatural, and mermaids begin to raid the escape boats that they're on. And um, they you know, are, mermaids known for being vicious, vicious creatures. I think there are most. I think most like kind of like mermaid lore is like they're vicious, but they're beautiful. But we don't really get to see their faces in this one. They, they do not appear strikingly beautiful. They appear strikingly full of spikes. Yeah, they are. I don't know where they're getting all these spikes from, but they're always throwing <laughs> spikes at people, like. Anytime They're, you see a monster, you can just assume that the person died from a spiking. Honestly, um, most of the time, yeah. Yeah, so um, the mermaids raid this boat, um, and um, one of the Formosan guards reaches into the treasure chest, and um, out comes this these like columns of fire, and then they just all stun uh, these mermaids, and his arm burns off in the process, and this kills him somehow. <laughs> Question yeah, mark? so the treasure chest is definitely, like, it has a thing a in it, but there's, like, magic energies in there, which is why it was locked up. Right. They don't explain in great detail, but there's which magic in there, and the magic stuns the mermaids who are coming for the treasure chest. That's all you really need to know. And yeah. then everyone basically dies. And then the second mate, like, a like an honest idiot, is just like, <laughs> hey, hey, 
I have treasure! I have big treasure! Goes back to the fucking <laughs> ship he just mutinied off of. Yeah. And he's like, I got good, good treasure. And then a Formosan, the other Formosan guard that he didn't take just, just shoots him. And that's, just on sight, fuck yeah. you. And honestly, that guy's the real hero. That is the real hero. Um, yeah. So after that, you know, they kill the second mate and bring the mermaids aboard as long as the treasure. There's a little bit of arguing. Um, and then this is a... You know, basically a big long scene of them gathering the mermaids and mm-hmm. like bringing them down to the lazarette on the ship, which is just like where they store extra things. Um, and in the process, a couple of people die because the okay. mermaids are just like spiking people out of their tails when they're <laughs> stunned. We, yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about one of them though? There's one that's so good. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Is it the cook? Yeah, it's definitely the cook. It's the cook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This fucking idiot. They're, like, walking this mermaid with, like, eight people carrying this big thing down a set of stairs, like, two flights of stairs in the ship. And he walks up with, like, oh, hold on. Oh, what do you got there? I could cook you up a nice stew with that. And people are like, no, get back, dude. <laughs> no, please get, get back. back. And he's like, no, hold on. What's this? <laughs> What's that shell over there? And, like, reaches in to try and grab the shell off the mermaid's, like, tail or neck, presumably, and just gets fucking wrecked just mermaid comes back to life for a second and just beats him to death with its tail (laughs) yeah it was great also uh your cook from this game is the same as your robotic voice there you go oh well i (laughs) crossover episode um yeah so that that that's basically the entire thing is them bringing down the mermaids and then the captain steward philip doll kind of going crazy, saying that they're cursed and that they need to get them off, and for some reason cuts off somebody's leg with the sword um, and then gets thrown into the lazarette as well because he just cut off a dude's leg with the sword for no good reason. The lazarette, for those of you who don't know, is a part of the ship that's on the cargo floor, I think, and it's in the back, and it's where the water is sometimes. Sometimes, but also (laughs) traditionally it's just used to store some stuff. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really I thought know. It, I, I thought it was a word for break it. for almost the entire game. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought I knew what I was talking about, and then I realized I had no idea. So thank you for <laughs> filling in my gaps. No problem. I gotcha. So, I looked this up on Wikipedia about four hours ago. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, so our next chapter, Soldiers of the Sea. Uh, <laughs> this one doesn't. That was a very happy jingle. For We're the soldiers sort of. of the sea. We fight giant scrider, crab riding, monsters assaulting the ship. That was my best attempt at that. That but, was uh, fucking beautiful. Can... Beautiful. So um, pretty much the mermaids are like, well, fuck this. And uh, they just start riding giant like crab spiders i don't even think they're the mermaids i think they're just random ocean monsters that are riding giant spider crabs it's really hard to tell what they are they're draped in seaweed cloaks it's the it's the first it's the front line that they have um and Mm -hmm. they try and raid them and like a lot of good people just die fighting these um fighting these giant spider crabs and like we're, we're passing this off as, like, oh, a lot of people die. Next chapter. But, like, some honestly, like, brutal, horrible shit happens to these people. Like, the person who kills the last one, like, pretty much after it's caught on fire, like, runs up to it and stabs it to finish it off and, like, dies in the fire. And it's like, ah, it's so much. Yeah. So the good, people, though. like, the one of the guys is 
sees it like fucking up his friends and he's like let's fuck it up and somebody's like no don't don't worry no it's too strong and he's like throws a fucking axe at it like goddamn hercules and just immediately gets speared to death and it's like oh man you were really cool yeah and no one believed in you and rightly so because you died immediately and did nothing soldiers of the sea (laughs) we're soldiers (laughs) of the sea Okay, go ahead. Um, the next chapter, chapter seven, is called The Doom, um, which, again, just a lot of people die. Yeah. Um, kind of starts off with a few crewmen making plans to escape because they're like, hey, shit's going south real quick. Let's take a bunch of money and get out of here. Um, and they take a little escape boat. Uh, and then shortly after that, the ship is attacked by a massive kraken. And we're just treated to a bunch of different scenes of the kraken trying to, you know, kill everyone on board and them all trying to fight back and just so many people die to like cannons rolling around in the back and squishing people and like going off errantly and kraken just ripping people in half um it's a brutal chapter yeah but eventually it's a kraken's worth of deaths it is a kraken's worth of death the captain's wife dies because she's like looking for him because she can't find him and a piece of the boat just falls and just cracks her right in the head it is it is rough um, yeah but eventually the kraken is driven mysteriously away when the the captain comes back above the ship and says like oh, i drove it away drove it away i drove it away. i drove it away um do we want to do nine and ten and then go back to eight the way that the story's told uh, yes please that way right. i don't have to do eight <laughs> so enough. nine is the escape so um, after the um, you know after the doom and all this shit's gone down, we're down to like what like four or five people. There's like nine or ten, I think. Yeah, like yeah. There's not a lot. Um, and so a few of the crewmen are like, let's um, let's let's head out. Like this is shit's going <laughs> wrong. The captain cannot be trusted. This is all bad. And um, as this is happening. Uh, like just like a fight breaks out outside where a few more die and a couple escape. So like the doctor escapes and like a couple other passengers get mm-hmm. to leave and they uh, flee to Africa mm-hmm. out East. <laughs> it's just anywhere, but here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank God they got to leave. Yeah. If you want to take 10, I can do eight also. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, I didn't even do the math right in there. Nope, right, not so, at all. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the actually the first chapter that we get here. And so there's only, like, a couple crew members left. Maybe there has to be, what, four left, I think, at this uh, point? I think so, yeah. Four. Yeah, and um, so they're, like, the last couple ones are obviously just, like, honest to god insane just being like we want those shells, we want those shells, and the, shell, the, the shells, the captain's, like, fuck no i'll give i'll whoops shit he says i'll (laughs) i can't do it you got it you got it you'll take (laughs) you got it okay we can cut a run (laughs) no 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 no. all its glory baby (laughs) damn it and uh the captain says you'll take exactly what i give you and this is like the first part of the game and like it's such a cool like opener to shoot you know the classic like show you the end before the beginning and it like Mm -hmm. gets you super invested whatever's happening and what these shells are etc um so the captain just like fucking kills three of them at the same time like and just like a really like if it was happening in real time it would be very matrixy i feel like um be some fucking john wick shit yeah he kills them all and then um he's just like well I'm the last one on this boat. I got my wife. 
I don't have any of my friends. I got no crew. Uh, time to end it all. And he, uh, he shoots himself. Mm-hmm. And that it was is... much more pro- prolific when he said it, but uh, that's the gist. Yeah. So it starts off starts off pretty grim. Um, and then, so after you've done chapters 1 through 7 and 9 and 10, um, chapter 8 in the book, when you flip through it, there's like a little note in there from whoever sent you the book saying, that like, oh, we'll reveal this when you've gotten all of the fates right because this is the, like the end and the true story and you don't need to know that until we know you got everything else right. Um, and when you eventually do get it, you unlock that final chapter, which is you as the insurance adjuster sitting in your home and you get a package um, and you like open the package and it's got the this little um, watch again for you to go back in time via corpses and it's got a monkey's paw and you know that the doctor who escaped had a pet monkey. Um, and then, you know, that lets you go back and see these series of events that was happening as the Kraken was attacking, basically, like right around that time, um, which kind of shows that um, Philip Dahl, the captain's steward, was locked in the lazarette with the chest and like opened the chest to see what was inside and saw it was like a shell and tried to reach in. And he also ended up burning off his hand um, and dying because of it. Um, and then when the Kraken is attacking, the captain comes into the lazarette and sees, you know, Philip Dahl dead and... Um, just starts fucking getting on top of like the little cage type things they put the mermaids into and just murdering them one after the other yelling about how they need to take away the kraken and like you brought this kraken get it out of here and is like stabbing one and shooting the other um and eventually um agrees to give the final mermaid its shell back if it you know brings the cap or brings the kraken away and gets rid of it um which is what ends up stopping the attack and then we see the third mate and a few crew members are trying to physically get the, like, mermaid off of the ship and give it the shell back based on the captain's orders. Um, and tragically, the third mate ends up getting spiked here by that mermaid, which is, like, fucking bullshit because the third mate was by far my favorite character who was always doing super cool shit and was a good guy through and through. Um, uh, but he ends up dying in the process. Um, and then... And a part that confused me until I read up on it afterwards, the doctor realizes that an insurance adjuster is going to come onto the ship, basically, to see what happened and wants you to be able to get the full story. So he puts his pet monkey through um, into the lazarette and, like, kills it and cuts its hand off so that he could send it to you so that the pocket watch would work and you would be able to see the story afterwards. So Um, sweet. Which is, it was, it was... It's pretty interesting. Um, So that is the story, um, chronologically, for the most part. And like I said, the story itself, I mean, it can basically be summed up as, like, ship goes out to sea, they, you know, somebody steals some treasure, and then a bunch of bad, bad, bad monsters come and kill everyone. Mermaids get angry, you have shell. Mermaids call shell. Mermaid call monster. Monster says, yo, I got you, fam. And then they destroy the ship. And mm-hmm. the captain goes, fuck. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, hey, bud. How's it going? Oi. Anyone follow you to the cabins? What are you talking about? You feeling alright? You've been talking to him, haven't you? Think I can't open the podcast, you do? What are, what are you talking about? Ah! No, 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 no!
story chronologically, not not a you know nothing mind blowing or anything, but uh, the way that it's told is is really interesting. Um, is so I do just want to talk a little bit about kind of the background of this game now because I read up on this and I thought it was really interesting and kind of like the development behind it uh, a little bit. So that it. that whole mechanic where you you know go back in time and see the moment that somebody died, um, the way that Lucas Pope did this game in particular was he didn't start with any of the story, didn't start with anything about a ship. He started with that mechanic and this art style and decided he wanted to do something with that. And initially when he built the game, it was supposed to be where you as the player would see like exactly how you died. And then you would go back in like one minute and have to manipulate a bunch of like people and objects in that like, you know, 10 seconds to one minute time frame to recreate exactly how you died and it was, like, much more of a puzzle game. But Weird. after doing that for a while, he was like, yo, this is fucking way too hard. Like, this yeah. is, there are too many things. I'm not doing this. Um, and kind of backed out from that and then, you know, scaled back a little bit and, and kind of came up with the concept for Oberdin. And then after a while, it was like, all right, well, we'll build, like, the ship um, and kind of go from there, testing it out. And, like, the, the logbook that you have to keep track of things was not in the original design for the game. It was, like, after a while, he had some people test it and they were like yeah this is cool but fucking confusing because they were just trying to keep track of things in their head and like fuck that forever right um, so added some stuff like that and it was it was really interesting he talked kind of candidly like this was not supposed to be a i think it ended up being like three or four years since papers please like this was not supposed to take that long this was supposed to be like a six month project it just kept growing and growing and growing in size and he was like ah fuck it like it's just me I'm not going to, like, force myself to put something out. I'm just going to do this and keep going. Um, I ended up putting out a really fucking cool game. It's really inspirational. Um, I really like that. Very cool. Also, I did not know that Lucas Pope worked at Naughty Dog for a while for, like, two Uncharted games. Huh. I yeah. didn't know that either. Yeah, I mean, it so kind of makes sense, giving his, like, his his innate interest in kind of, like, historic-ish things. Like, it's so yeah, weird to me. Bit. Like, he, he seems to, like, be kind of interested in, like, sort of historic things that will educate you a little bit but about things that barely matter in a weird way but also do kind of matter like i learned yeah. so much about ships in general and like the crew on them and like i didn't know the difference between a first second mate third mate or like the the uh like the captain's uh like steward like i didn't know what a steward was i didn't like i could assume what a top man was but like i learned a lot about the like ships in general when i played this and like i also learned in papers please like a lot about borders and like different documents and it's never information that i'm like i'm so glad i know this it's more just like that's really interesting and also sort of factual yeah they're like and again I, i'm not gonna say all of his games because i think i've only played this in papers please um I mean, and i think, I think the think first game it. he also was part of a uh, thing in the 90s to put out like a arcade style game that was about fixing cars but never driving I mean, it was kind of weird and kind of interesting um but like they're at least this one and papers please share a similar vein of their almost slice of life games where it's like hey this is just a person going to do their job but like their job has a lot of weight and importance in it like their job has something to say about the world at large you know papers please very very obviously had like a lot more to say about like questioning morals and, and borders and the kind of people caught in between this one maybe just a little bit more about like hey here's this 
this big wide story that can be viewed through the lens of what people typically see as a mundane job, but here's how it like connects to a lot of larger things. And I think that's a really interesting like take on this game because there's a version of this that's not like, you know, where you're a detective or where you're doing something that's like really interesting that people would typically say like, oh, of course you do something cool, but you're a fucking insurance adjuster. You're trying to figure yeah. out who should get enough money for the way that they died. Like, yeah, it's fucking cool. It is. It, it's it's really cool. He turns the the mundane, and then he adds like a very like kind of mystical spin on it. Like in Papers, Please, it was you know the fact that you could be a part of a like large revolution, which isn't like mystical in nature, but still like you know for someone who works along the border is pretty mis- mystical like that. Uh, but you know, it's it's really interesting. He's got this really cool theme uh, running yeah. through, and I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get into some, like, Let's, some let's fucking do it. Let's fucking dig ask deep. Ask me a question, boy. <laughs> okay. Um, so we've been, we've been talking kind of about the narrative at large. And, you know, I mentioned that the story itself is not particularly strong. But how, how invested were you during this game in the actual narrative it was trying to tell just due to the way it was telling it? And then afterwards, when you had the entirety of it, including that last chapter, did you feel like, I don't know, did you feel fulfilled by it? Did you feel like it struck the chords you wanted it to strike? There's there's kind of two ways you can look at it, right? You can look at it from the point of, like, here's the story from start to finish, and then you can look at it from the perspective of how we viewed it. Because mm-hmm. we viewed it as a disjointed mess. Yeah. Um, and I think when you view it as a linear story, it just, it's... It's not as captivating um, as it was being able to put the pieces together. And I think what this game is more about is the crew members rather than what, like, happened very generally on the ship. Because, like, each crew member, like, we, if we really wanted to get into some story shit, we'd, like, tell you about all of these different crew members and, like, their kind of, like, general history as they move along the ship on each of these events. Like, every event, no matter how small, like, you know, um, like the very first chapter when someone gets crushed by cargo, like, you get to see what these people are doing, and you can kind of, like, assume some things about their personality, about their, like, body language, and, like, the kind of, if they do talk in the scene, you know, you get to kind of get a grasp on that. And I think that's what... I get most that is strong about this story are the characters and the way that the story is told because it's so disjointed and we got to really like put these pieces together slowly and like just seeing the um the end first and taking down all of these things in my head and making guesses and um of like what what the story beats might be was really was really satisfying and it it made for a good story told in that matter. And it's so interesting to think that, like, this is the way that you tell this story. Like, this story can't be told in a different way or it's not as interesting. Like, I find that really fascinating. Um, as far as the last chapter goes, I was a little disappointed, but not super disappointed. Like, I just felt like mm. I felt like something called The Bargain was going to be more, like, I thought it'd be a little bit more mysterious or like explain a little bit more. Um, but it just kind of like laid on this. I don't want to say like an assumption I had, but a very, like, it felt like a very base level, like 
I feel like this chapter is something that I could have discovered not last and it wouldn't have ruined the story. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like a last chapter, like a, Ooh, like gotcha kind of chapter, which was, I guess what I was expecting a little bit, but yeah, um, I was expecting more of like a kind of a scam in a way, like, like, ha, you completed all of this insurance information, but here's the real shit. And then you see it, but like <laughs> the insurance has already been filed and like everything's done. And like he, this person kind of like tricked you. And I like that idea and I'm f- fully satisfied with this, but like, I, I guess I, I wanted a little, a little something. Yeah. I think how that you feel th- about it. That's pretty similar to how I felt about it. Um, I, I agree with the, the story being told in the format it is, is what makes it so strong. Um, but I also, you know, the older I've become, the more I've come to think that, hey, a, a story is less about the quality of the narrative and more about the way in which it is told. Um, yeah. Because I, it's just, I think you can do so much more interesting things that way. Um, but the final chapter in particular, I definitely agree that I thought it was going to be more of a gotcha. What it was was fine, just kind of revealing, you know, what the captain did to get the ship safe. Um, but also it, I don't know. Like it seemed like an odd thing to hide. Like I yeah. don't have the good narrative reason. Like the only good narrative reason I could think is that you then, you know, already told everyone where they were, but that that doesn't make sense, right? Like I wanted like I knew the captain did something redeeming just with the way that everything was laid out. It was either the captain did something redeeming to like help the ship because he's the captain of it or he was you know behind everything the whole time which i think they kind of tried to hint at but didn't really do it heavily enough that i ever believed it for a minute um Mm, interesting so it was one of those things like i actually i agree i think i could have gotten that throughout the course of the story and i would have liked it more it actually just makes like the turn that the crew took and the way that like the captain and the third mate died just a lot more tragic because it just makes it, Hey, like this sucks. They were doing the right thing and ended up getting killed for it. Or in the captain's case, like losing everything that mattered to him. Um, So I don't think it was necessarily. It didn't feel to be the last chapter. Yes. It didn't feel like it had the weight behind it, that it needed to be locked behind the end of the game. It could have been anywhere along the way. And I would have been totally fine with it. I think. Honestly, if I had to pick one to, to remove, I think it would have been the murder chapter. Like, understanding, like, the second mate. Like, I feel like if you left some things out about him and, like, you saw him leave with these people, like, it would be kind of interesting. So, I don't know. I I Maybe there's some narrative reasons that I'm not grasping for that. but um, Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, the way they constructed the narrative, I guess, just, like, sort of makes sense because you wouldn't. Like, nobody was ever in the lazarette who didn't basically die there or escape from the ship, so you never had a body to go back to. Right, but... and it was locked with, like, a shitty padlock. Yeah, that there's <laughs> so no you way you could have gotten past. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Can't go in there. There's a shitty padlock there. Uh, um, but it did, I to you know, to the game's credit, it did also keep me interested because after I had the whole story, I was like, oh, but what don't I know? And wanted to keep going. But yeah, the, for you know, sure. you got to kind of have a payoff if you're going to do that. Exactly. And I, I, not to say that this was, like, in any way shape or form a bad narrative because of that it just wasn't as satisfying as an ending because like there's so much um emotion i have for some of the things that happened in this game that i really like um speaking of like emotion etc i want to talk about like the general mood of this game because you have the you know aesthetics that make it seem like you know like older ish and um i think there's 
a lot of elements that he uses to establish his um establish his moods in this i don't know if you know what i'm talking about when i mean like mood like does that make sense to you kind of yeah I, I think i understand what you're going for like that general kind of feel behind the whole yeah, like game the feeling that... as you're like walking around these memories and this sh- like empty ship uh like mm-hmm. how did you kind of like feel during that and what like what forced you or like made you feel those ways because i think he was super successful in making you feel things when he wanted you to i guess so what how did yeah you feel about that I mean, I I think they do a really good job just in the way the game is structured of this. Because, like, getting onto the ship initially when it's totally empty and you have no idea and all you know is it's basically, you know, it's not a ghost ship, but it is completely devoid of all life. Um, That feeling when you're initially on the ship is really, it's very sparse and kind of not creepy, but haunting in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And that it does such a good job. The game does such a good job of kind of rolling that like isolated feeling that you get at the beginning of that contrasting it with this like huge bombastic moments that you get whenever somebody died and there's a bunch of people around and like you get this good back and forth that slowly comes to meet in the middle as you're walking through the ship and like know the story of it. And it's filled more and more with different memories and different courses that you can go back into. And it becomes, you know, physically less empty, obviously, because there's a bunch of corpses everywhere that you can go back into, but it starts to feel less empty and less daunting and less isolated because you like, in a weird way become very connected with the stories and it's so it's such an interesting thing that is very rarely well done in games to make you feel connected to a place and the story behind that place and like yes the characters but just the obra din as a character i felt very connected to by the end exactly like you and you become so familiar with it too because like so often in the beginning when i was first getting used to it's like you know it's different corridors and it's rooms and the memories and stuff like that i i would get lost often and then like i i'd realize like okay this is on the cargo this one's on the you know the first Mm -hmm. second floor and i'd memorize the locations of some of these and eventually i just like it sounds weird but like grew to knew the ship and like if it was real i would know exactly where to go to like get to certain places Mm -hmm. and that's like that's also another like super rarity and like i love i love that you also felt the way in the end of the game uh you know made you feel that way of like feeling so like this is a ghost ship and then suddenly you feel so it feels so populated um, yeah by everything and like i i think there was a, a moment where i had finished all the memories that i like started walking through the like you know up the stairs and down the stairs and i just you almost like before i felt like spooked but kind of comfortable in the space and Mm -hmm. by that point i'm like gross there's been (laughs) a lot of death around here and it it makes it feel somehow more comfortable but also a little bit more frightening and it's just a really cool mix of emotions and moods and this like silence of um the ship and like there's no like general music when you're walking around the ship but when you enter in a memory, there's this, like, we'll talk about the music a little bit later, but there's this, like, really strong music that comes in and, like, plays during these scenes. And it affects kind of, like, generally how you feel about it. And also just, like, to kind of give you that separation that's, like, this epic 
um sometimes epic sometimes just really sad or like pathetic (laughs) for accidents but like these these bombastic moments and then you come out of these moments and it's just the silence and the like general rain and stuff like that and you come out of those moments and it's like i don't know it, it, it felt like super boggling to me and i really loved it I I agree, but also it like I feel like I took something out of those moments when I got there, and I don't mean like I like the moments impacted me, like the the yeah. moments of people's death, but like it felt like I was pulling the crew back to the ship that I was on in the way that like the more times I saw people die, <laughs> strangely the more alive the ship felt. Yeah, because it was less like oh yeah, like a lot of bad things that happened for me. It was a lot of like oh yeah, this is the spot where X happened, and like oh this is where a lot of the top men hung out like all the time. And it just like the ship kind of faded into the background in lieu of like a slideshow of the different memories as you are walking through. Um, yeah, which you know, it's really fucking cool. It was a really cool experience. It, it's something that I did not expect to know from it. It, it. it really took me by surprise in that. Where yeah. when I started was like, oh, this is, this is fascinating. So yeah, that's a that's a very cool part about that game, about this game. I love. Yeah, but man, a lot of people died on that. Oh, ship. 60, 60. <laughs> well, almost sixty, like almost, fifty. If I you think count 50 all the like fifty-five. Yeah, if you count all the other ones that we didn't get to identify, you know. Well, I guess that's only like one, because one of them is a cow, so that doesn't count. there's a fucking skull on the wall for a cow and then you jump to a butcher uh cutting a cow's head off and one of the crew members gets sick and it's yeah (laughs) yeah you get you get good little slice of life moments like that too Um, what was your like this is off a little bit for what we have but like what was what was one of your favorite it sounds weird to say but what was one of your favorite memories God, what was your uh, favorite death memory? What was what your death? favorite death? <laughs> what death was your favorite, Alex? Uh, God, Just one of them. I don't know. You know I So, I do like, I really did like those slice of, slice of life ones, just because it, it felt less grim than a lot of the other ones. Yeah, um, but someone's still dying, though. Like, that's the yeah, thing. <laughs> but, like, sometimes it wasn't as apparent, like, in Bitter Cold, when the doctor is talking about the person who's dying, um, the, you know, they're just like, laying in a bed next to him and you know that they die because that's the scene that you're getting but it's not apparent that they're dying it's just like oh yeah this person's sick but outside there's you know three guys playing poker and there's you know some people you know carrying around cargo and some people sleeping and it's like a very alive moment but i do think my favorite um the one that definitely hit me the most was and i'm gonna steal it you can go first because you'll take it no no you go ahead no go ahead okay it's uh in the murder chapter oh good Good. Oh, good. Yeah. So right. mine is in the murder chapter. It is the the um, when the guard Huck Sang Lao that we mentioned is being kind of um, he's being killed by firing line. It's a very cool moment because you go into this chapter and you get this like image of most of the crew, um, not the entirety of it, but probably a good forty to fifty percent of the crew all in one place and kind of interacting and watching this firing line. And there's you know. Some people are very somber. Some people are not as somber. But the reason it works so well for me is because I actually ended up discovering this chapter, I think, later than you normally have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so by this time, by this point, I had been playing the game for four or five hours um, trying to identify people. And this exact scene, like the freeze frame you get, is half of the picture that you are working from to identify people. So it was such a cool feeling to go from like looking at this like 
you know, fake drawn picture for four hours and then like randomly stumble into a memory where you get to walk around that 3D space and see everybody and kind of look more closely at them and see like there's a couple of discrepancies between what the artist drew and where the people actually are on the ship. And it was just such a very interesting moment that it kind of took me back and was like, oh, dang, like I did not expect to run into this at all. This is really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's the another thing that I love about that scene is um how you discover who killed Huck Sang Lao. It's like yep. there's cuz there's four people who fire and you initially look at it and you're like how the it, an unknown enemy? I don't know. And then I, actually, I put like the guy who yelled fire. Yeah, that's what I thought cuz and then you get into some like ethical dilemmas of like, <laughs> well, does the soldier who fires really well to it, maybe it was the, the person who framed him for murder who exactly. really can- <laughs> um but the actual solution is is you because you get to see the guns like firing and there's this just like really cool effect to it but um you can kind of walk around it very um like i said before kind of matrix style and you get to look at the fire line of someone's gun and see that he is the only one that hit which is really sad for a couple of fucking soldiers of the sea all fire guns and have all three of them miss and only i like one to hit think the three of them knew he target. probably didn't do it and they were like i can't i can't be the one to kill him yeah. i can't do it he's innocent well brennan's the only fucking real man he doesn't in this give situation. a fuck he does not give a fuck um my favorite scene was uh the first doom scene you get oh, God. <laughs> um just because well here's why is so we get chapter 10 first the end and it's like mm-hmm. this very human like conflict in this like hey like get your hands off my shell and you know the shells and everything like that and i assume that you know the shells treasure and they're fighting for treasure and you know etc etc but this is so early on that i didn't really like you know put together pieces that there might be monsters and stuff like that and the very next one you get like it yeah. happens so fast is this scene of massive destruction in these giant tentacles and it's like a it's a visually outstanding scene like it's they he makes so many um shapes out of and outlines out of these um you know tentacles and these things and it's just comparatively to the last chapter of okay there's like four or five people here and here's the conflict this is like everyone in the ship and you you get to know all these people so fast and like you see everyone and it's cool like it's just a very like oh fuck it's a it's um what would you call it it's like something neck uh it's like whiplash it's like whiplash oh there it is okay that makes sense that's better than big neck big neck it's like big neck you all ever get big big necked before aka giraffes um (laughs) so yeah that's my favorite one yeah that's a really good one too i yeah that was definitely music is so fucking choice the music is so good and i did not expect there to be monsters um Mm -hmm. so that was cool and that you just you end up going back to that scene so many times because so many many people die and you're just like oh that's how that person died oh like I didn't notice that boat falling in the background. That's three deaths right there that I hadn't Martin! accounted for. Um, that's yeah. the name of the captain. That's the name of the third mate. For him. Oh, whoops. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Um, oh, yeah. So that, that was that. 
Um, I want to talk. Good transition. Oh, hey, everybody. Think. Let's hey. take a quote break here. All right, everybody. Let's let's all we've we've had a good time tonight here. But um, I want to award the best transition <laughs> to my good friend Alex. Here you go, Alex. It's a you're gonna look like such an asshole transition. when I edit it to be a perfectly normal transition, and you just like <laughs> break out and be like, "Oh, what a dick!" <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't, Don't do that. Dare. Seriously. Someone else, someone will be looking at a fucking mortem, mo- motra mortem of you, dude. As you wait. You want to, you want, I will Momentum give you one more of you. There it is. Motra mortem, I also like too, which is just like a medicine you have to take twice a night. <laughs> yeah. Helps yep. with motion sickness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of want to move on to a little more of the mechanics because I think do we it. touched on most the of the, the good yes. feel story element stuff. Um, so I, you know, the game's a really interesting mix that we've never seen before, or at least that I've never seen before and don't know of, of like a logic puzzle game, but also combined with like almost a fucking where's Waldo type. What sort of things can you pick out of these particular scenes, um, in a really cool way so that you could keep revisiting things that you thought you knew everything you could pull out of and just getting more and getting more. And then like going back to it when you knew more people and understand their relationships a little bit better. Um, But this, you know, the game's also like nine hours long and there are, like you said at the top, it's a little bit hard at points. And there are definitely times when you can just feel like you completely hit a wall. So would you say like, did the loop ever stop working for you? Mm. Mm. Interesting question. This is my answer transition. Good. Hey, I've got this award over here I was recently given. I want to maybe see if you would be interested in picking up the no, second no, place couldn't. version. I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I, I simply could not. It, it's okay. all for you. You get first, second, third, gold, wow. silver, bronze. You get it all. It's all you. You're, you're the only you're one who ran. You're very generous. You're so generous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah. how it happens. If only one person decides to enter a race, they just give them all the medals they were going to give somebody else. You know when someone runs for mayor? They get to be mayor, vice mayor, and then it like goes all the way down to janitor, like all yep. the way down, all the way down. Yep, super interesting. Um, so the loop and how it feels. Um, so here's the thing. <laughs> still in the good transition zone. <laughs> yeah, still very good. Um, so this is, it's. I find this hard because I felt like I hate to use this term because I use it so much. I don't use it on the podcast, but I use it a lot in real life. It's like it felt like a roller coaster to me. You know what I mean? Like. At times, like, it felt like I got it and I was having so much fun with it. But those walls that you hit, it's just so frustrating. And um, I'll say it was a long roller coaster and I was getting (laughs) a little sick by the end. And uh, I just kept clicking names and events and other people. And just I just kind of wanted it to be over with because I – if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I am a – avid cheater for these kind of puzzles (laughs) i was a good boy i said only three i will only cheat on three and i only did cheat on three and i felt proud of myself for that one hey nice job Um, only cheated on one was at the beginning because i got really frustrated and then the third one the last two were at the end where i was just sick of the game and i felt like i had gotten everything that it wanted to give me and the only thing left for it to give was frustratingly trying to guess 12 seamen's names and it's just like fuck that i don't i don't care anymore (laughs) so that that was that was kind of another thing that i noticed is um 
despite um how well put together this game is so despite the fact that like somehow lucas pope found a way to convey an incredible amount of information into this very limited number of scenes and make each scene packed so densely with information and i would love to see like the spreadsheet behind the scenes of you know all the information that you're supposed to be able to track but it, it did feel like at least for most people this idea of some guesswork is just built into the game because there's sure. no way like if you have you know four different top men and you don't know any of their names and they're all the same nationality and like nobody's related to each other like there's no way that you're going to be able to guess or just know which one's which they don't use enough names for that so like yeah. did you feel like the fact that the guesswork was built in like did you find that off-putting at all or did you not mind at that times, or at times yes but like also no because here's the thing i was so i, I like to break this game down into two sections the first section mm -hmm. is where you're trying to guess all the people with specific roles and i think that section i used a little guesswork in and it felt fun like there was something really enjoyable about using some guesswork, but as the guesswork got higher with the top men and the seamen, it became a lot less fun because it was a lot more guesswork because I just don't connect the dots as easily. So I think it was, I think the guesswork being built into the game just depends on your level of absorb, being able to absorb that information. Like, mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because it's kind of, like, built on, I don't want to say, like, intelligence because it's not, like, you have to be, like, a genius to figure out some of these. But, like, I think there is somewhat of, like, understanding how puzzles work in general and just, like, problem-solving skills that you have to have to play this game. And I think totally. someone who lacks problem-solving skills would have a very high amount of difficulty with this, and it would be a lot more guesswork. And I think that person would not have fun with this game. And I think that's kind of what I ran into is the more guesswork, the less the game was fun. But also there needed to be a little guesswork to, because if it was all laid out there for me, I don't think it would be that interesting, you know? Yeah, I, I think it would be... I, I still think it would be really interesting. I just think it would be a feat that is... I, I have no idea how they would as, manage to do it. Yeah, and it doesn't feel as like... You don't feel as achieved. Like, even though I guess I still felt achieved when I got the matches. Yeah, it give you I, the illusion of being like, haha, I did I, <laughs> I feel that way when I was able to guess inside of, like, you know, an educated set, right? When I yeah, was like, okay, fair. like, this person, like, these three Russian people are the only three people from Russia on the entire boat. And they're playing poker. And I know how each one of them died because I saw their individual death scenes. I'm just going to, like... I know who this person is through context, so I'm just going to kind of, like, cycle through until I figure it out because I know that I will eventually get the right combination. Like, that I felt fine about because it was, like, I used the information to, like, get down to a small subset and then just kind of cycle around. But when I was at the point where it's like, okay, well, I haven't heard any one of these five names before, but I know where this person works, so I'm just going to guess until I get it, that one felt a little, like... It, it didn't feel as good as the rest of the game, right? For a game that had so much information packed into so few scenes, it really made me feel like I'm just missing something. Yeah. But I don't know that I actually was missing sometimes, something. Sometimes you are, like, at least for me, because I looked through the wiki on a lot of the characters, and it says, like, this character can be seen doing this at this time. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's how you're supposed to know that. 
So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there there may just be like a bunch more, and I think there was you know there's obviously some timeline stuff I didn't get, but you know also. I think the game is designed around the idea that you will guess a little bit. Otherwise, it wouldn't lock in groups of three. Like, that's yeah. just sort of built into it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Kind of staying on the mechanics train here. Uh, what kind of, like, little... I have a lot of little love... Little love pouches. I don't know what I'm trying <laughs> to say there. Little love bits. There we go. <laughs> little love pouches. Oh boy! <laughs> I really oh boy. like. I got a bunch of little love pouches, like a fucking, uh, like fucking B movie Santa Claus at fucking <laughs> Valentine's oh. Day. I got all these love pouches for you. Um, no, I have little love bits for the kind of like. Better. Fuck you, dude! I got these <laughs> bits of love of feelings for these kind of like tiny bits of like design choices and like they're just such unnecessary features that come along or like little touches to the game that just made me like kind of fall in love with some things about it like what do you have any of those yourself or like i have what, a couple what okay here's give, an me, give me like an example because i don't fully so understand what you here's mean. what i love i love that when you open this pocket watch to like go into a memory it begins this like dun, 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 and then you go into the memory but if you're like in the middle of going in the memory and you cut it off in the middle of it by clicking it again it plays the like dun, dun sound again as you cancel it and it's just really fun to, like, sometimes walk up to, like, while you're walking around the ship because, like, there's no fucking run button. So you're <laughs> used to walking. Sometimes I just like to walk up to the course, corpses and go, da-na, da-na, and just, like, cancel it. And little <laughs> things like that that made kind of, like, playing around in this space. I don't want to say playing around, but, like, just being in the world a little bit more fun. Um, another example I have is just, like, the monitor setting. So, like... You know, like Alex had mentioned earlier, it's kind of inspired by, you know, Macintosh old, you know, games, etc. that had this, the monitor style um, that you would see in this game. But there's also different settings to change mm-hmm. the types of monitors that you can see through. Like, you can do a Zenith or you can do like an older TV monitor that I don't know the name of. But like, it changes <laughs> the color. Oh, the Commodore 6, Commodore one. Uh, so you yeah. can do those kind of things, and it's really cool. Yeah, it like changes it. some of the coloration and the visual styles just ever so slightly. It, it, all of the options are things. great. Like, mm-hmm. you, there's no volume slider. If you go to the volu- volume option, you can't just be like, I'm going to set it to 64%. It's just like nine discrete volume levels that are all named, like, far too loud, very loud, <laughs> very quiet, difficult to hear. Um, and I... I love just kind of exploring that options menu um, the first time through. I think that was really good. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like little things that made the you know, just the way that the game played a little more enjoyable, I don't think I I had as many of those. I just I I liked those a lot, and I think you mentioned this. You mentioned like the getting the noise when you cancel thing, yeah. and that's just the game did a lot with syncing audio cues to what's actually happening, both like in the scenes themselves obviously with the music cues and like going into and out of the different memories and every time you like locked in memories and every time like it was displaying a tutorial and you clicked your way through the tutorial there was always a music cue that like hit 
like important oh, yeah. moments or hit text changing or one. hit like just the view of scenes changing and it was always intensely satisfying every single time and like you know it, it's not huge or anything like that but just the dedication to to making like, absorbing you into that experience. yeah it 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 went miles like very little things like that do a ton of work in terms of engaging me into the game and this did and also did it the at every step mechanics. of the way like making the book something that feels like you're still like working in a paper format like it's still mm-hmm. a little difficult to maneuver but it's just easy enough to not get frustrated by it in my opinion yeah. like I love that Except shit. for I fully don't understand how bookmarking was supposed to help you. You can, like, bookmark memories, and I did it, like, three times, and I was like, ah, I don't fucking get it, and I stopped. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. If I didn't have the bookmarking mechanic, I don't know how I'd solve anything. When you really? bookmark a character, it bookmarks all scenes that that character was in. I, you can do that just by going to their, like, death page, though, and then it'll give you, like, the walking picture oh. of how they go throughout yeah, I mean, the shit. You could, you could go through that, too, but... I just like okay. it that way. Yeah, I mean, it was, I thought see, it was kind of helpful. See, that's so cool. That's so cool. We did we did the same thing, but we did it in a different method because I just flipped through the pages. Oh, fair enough. Dude, but how much would you have given to just have, like, a little note box that you could just, like, type notes into yeah. underneath character names? You'd be like, this person nice. was beaten to death by a person who I think might be the captain, question mark, <laughs> and then, like, not have that lock anything in so you could just come back to it later. Like, I, I needed that oh. so bad. Yeah, I did need that. Also, one more thing that I love about the, like, nice p- polished mechanics is you have a zoom function, and when you zoom in on a character the background suddenly becomes the picture of all of the crew members and you yeah. get to see that person highlighted out of all of the crew members like mm-hmm. and and it's so unique it's such a thing that i like i'm explaining to you but like it just it just comes out so much better when you're playing the game and it's a really nice touch also the game unblurs people when you are able to solve who they are and it's like if you try and solve a blurred one it's like whoa whoa whoa, slow down you don't have all the information you need which is yeah. kind of cool you can um, guess at it but it won't like yeah it's like hey you I, I really appreciate that where it's just like hey you don't have the info like you physically have not seen the stuff you need to see to be able to figure this out and then like when you are able to it just displays that hey you're able to figure this out which sometimes is very frustrating <laughs> it, felt, it felt insulting it felt so <laughs> insulting to be like oh this person that you saw for one second, you should be able to figure this shit out. Yep. Come on, you walk into ass. a scene with 13 people, walk out, and be like, yeah, you should have known who most of those people were. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, fuck you, I should have. Uh, but but all of them are accurate, which is cool. You know, I've read a lot of them and being like, wow, okay, okay, but also pretty smart. So. Yeah, a very, very impressive piece of work. Again, just... I think. I always love the design, like puzzle design in games is maybe like one of the things I find the most interesting, specifically not like, you know, hey, move this block over here. Haha, it's an action game, but we wanted a puzzle. But like, you know, puzzle games or games that have really clever puzzles in them, just the way that you distill information to the player is so fascinating to me. Like a long time ago, back in another life, I I was playing a lot of Minecraft, and I got into, like, a competition with one of my friends to, like, we were each going to make, you know, fake dungeons in Minecraft, and I had, like, 
a little puzzle element in one of mine where I was like, oh, they'll come in and like they'll see this information and then they'll get into this room and then recalling that information, they'll be able to determine which one of these three things they need to do and one of them will kill them and the other two will like reveal the way. Very but, like, like very D and D design, you know. Yeah, like, and yeah. man. You just don't realize how little people will catch when you do that. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, no, they just didn't look at the thing that I thought they'd spend a minute that looking at. so often in D&D games, I feel like. Yeah. It's like they're it's... just trying to dick around, and you're like, guys, but, like, this pillar is super evil. Please, <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you need to um, look at the symbol on this pillar. It's so important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just being able to sit down and be like, I want them to figure out 60 people in the discreet ways that they died and i'm gonna give it to them in literally a slideshow that's like 20 slides long okay yeah damn damn it's tough i mean it's not 20 slides long it's 60 no slides it's like long yeah or however many <laughs> slides well not yeah. quite 60 well, 50 something yeah yeah still really fucking impressive it, it's a wicked impressive game i think we have time for one more quick one all right. You think? Why don't you why don't you hit me with that? I think we got why another one. All right, all right, all right. Um hmm. I figured you had one in mind, which is why uh, I said I'm, that. I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, between two of them. Here, I'm going to I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. Would you rather talk about um like talking about the choice to see someone through their death and kind of like what that says about the you know, like developer or characters? Or would you rather talk about what you would do if you had the pocket watch delivered to you <laughs> in person, Ooh. IRL? I feel like we have to talk about the second one. And I'd say that <laughs> partly because I think it's a sillier, more fun vein, yeah. but also partly because I don't think – I think that we could we could speculate a lot about that first one. But I do think a lot of the reason that we got that information is because that's just the mechanic that he wanted to yeah. use to build the narrative around. But like, um, and what, I think you can still you get a miss? little out of it, but like, what do you miss from that? Like, I feel like there's so much about the, and there's so much misery that we see because we can really only see people die. I assume it's pretty miserable all the other times, but like, I don't know. I just think it's really. I guess this is what I'll say. Take that home with you. Think about it a little bit. That's yeah. it. Turn that around in your noggin. Think about what it means <laughs> to only know people through their death and the death <laughs> of others. Yeah, it makes me think about death. All right, so let's go. If you got the pocket watch delivered to your doorstep, what would you immediately do with it? Ooh, immediately. Okay. Well, so, I mean, like, what would be the next step? I don't want to be like, all right, well, I'd take it out. I'd look at it. I'd, I'd put it in my first, pocket. <laughs> first off, I, I saw this question, and I immediately started thinking and thought to myself, I don't know, because – I thought I don't want to go like oh boy, start Alex. robbing graves just to figure <laughs> out like people's past. As much as that'd be really interesting, that's kind of a dark vein to be like. I'm just gonna dig up a bunch of corpses. Um, of course, I do course think not. you could like fucking psych some shit out of people though, you right? Mean, like, psych like, the TV like, show? psych the USA TV show. You could, <laughs> you could walk into a fucking. And I know that you know that I'm not telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm assuming that theme song. I never actually saw yes, the beginning of an episode. Um, what? I, I look. I, I, I was a monk man. I didn't want to psych. Okay. But um, because you, you would be a real good detective to just walk in and immediately see the moment that somebody yeah. died. I feel like and that's then, cheating. 
I mean, well, yeah. Hey, that's <laughs> well. You're do you mean a lot cheating and lot of jobs though? You know, there's okay. There's hard so you detectives. feel like it's cheating <laughs> to use a device to solve a lot of murder? And also ruin the TV business, dude. You you think about all those crime shows, and you know, you know, so often people are like, just just fucking Google it, just like research that. Now it's like, dude, just bust out the mortem pa mortem, the pocket watch, <laughs> the the me- memento mortem. Watch. What are you doing? Just call Alex. He's got the fucking watch. Also, okay. that's, that's well, going to expose you to a lot of people. You You're don't save watch. You're you do not save. So quickly. <laughs> okay, you don't solve every crime. Like <laughs> if somebody gets if <laughs> I'm hey, not. Hey, hey. I Let's can't. not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's I not solve every murder. I'm not saying that you figure out who murdered someone and you're just like, eh, I'll give them this one. They'll figure it out. I'm saying that like you see what happened the moment somebody died. So I get in there and I'm like, how did this person die? And like they were drinking a cup of tea and then keel over. It's like they were probably poisoned. That's all I got though. Coroner yeah. could have told you that much. So, like, That's you don't true. solve – you just change the way in which people get murdered in your city. Interesting. Which well, probably yeah. not good. Uh, well, now no one's drinking tea, and that's your problem. You've destroyed the tea industry. Uh, also, i put so many people out of jobs again. One last thing before we finish this, because I have one or two more things to say about this You situation. also have to give your answer. Don't fucking leave me out to dry like that. Yeah, I'll give my answer, but I love the music in this game so much. It's so ah. good. I know we mentioned it a little bit. Like, oh, I needed to talk about it. I needed an outlet to talk about it. There's something, like, even if you don't plan on playing the game, no, I'm gonna, let's play, like, one or two clips right here, just real quick. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Right? Right? Right. Those, those, the fucking, like, distance on those bells. Like, there's, like, these, like, really sweet bells in that Soldiers of the Sea song, and, like, there's something about those bells that seems so authentic and like not like over piratey to like make you kind of like roll your eyes and like feel like you're being taken for a ride at Disneyland. But it's like something there's something real and authentic about the the music. And there's also a lot of the songs are like very powerful. Like they have yeah. such strong openings and like when they open, you see this like person dying and the music typically matches the feeling of you know what the murder was like the the sick one isn't very like it's like yeah it's very kind of somber and like he does such a good job at theming all of the um the scenes and deaths and i love yes. it very much it, it, the tone fits perfectly between the music Ugh. and the scenes that you're seeing and it's it's again Top to bottom, just fucking good. Okay, now what would I do with the post? What would you do with the, the mo- mortem. mortem, 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 the modem? What would you do with your 64K modem? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd get dial-up. All right, yeah. uh, I'd get AOL.com. we get all the discs. Um, get that disc. Throw that disc like a Frisbee. Go to your local video store, pick up 15 more discs for free. Now, I was just kind of hoping, to be honest, that we could just roll off of your answer, but now I see that I'm being forced. So, well, yeah, and I have I don't to give think a different you... answer than the obvious one. So, yeah, yeah, and I'm well, not going to let me go first. Robin Graves like a creep. Graves like a creep. So, good, um, good. here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to go to funerals. Oh, okay. I'm going to begin to work at a funeral home. 
Okay. No, I'm I'm starting to be into this now. And I offer... <laughs> it's a weird thing to say after all you've given me is I'm gonna work at a funeral home, but I'm gonna work that's it. I'm going to throw the pocket watch in the trash and work in a funeral home. I really um, consider my own mortality and decide to help others through a difficult time. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what I do, except I just do it with the pocket watch. And I'd, like, see their deaths and I'd explore, like, the people who are around. And that way I could, like, really know who was there for the person. You know, like, when that one person comes to the funeral and they act like they knew the person that died. Pshaw. And you're like, I didn't see you there literally the second that they died. You've (laughs) never even met this person, longtime business partner. (laughs) Yeah. You just kind of, like, like took the only one that was good. No, I think think working at a funeral home is not bad. Like, you don't get a lot out of it, but it helps you connect with your client. I've got a good one. Okay. Now, this one's a little off the wall. Okay. Now, when you use this pocket watch, you get to see everyone in the scene in, like, three dimensions. And it's, like, a perfect image in that world, right? Yeah. How often do you get those kind of pictures? I start murdering people. I get a nice little photo album of myself in 3D. 2D pictures ain't going to do this stuff. I need the full me model. So here's the murder. <laughs> a couple of times where this breaks down. Um, one, sure. you're just doing a lot of murders, which is not great. Yes. But also, no, what the thing does is not takes a really good picture <laughs> that you can then export and show to people. It yeah. physically no, moves me. you back in time to that spot where you then it, get to look around. It's just for me, though. Well, yeah, but you're not like... You can't keep looking back at this now. Why not? I keep all their fingernails. I, I well, I hate <laughs> I just it have now. A jar. Thanks, I, just I have hate a, it. <laughs> I just have a jar of fingernails. I'm like, which me do I want to look I at today? Hate it. And I <laughs> jar of fingernails. <laughs> I love that death metal man. I um, have a mind of a psychopath. Da 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 da. That's the end of the podcast. Oh God. Okay. I had to. G- I had to give you one unique one. Fucking terrible. Oh my god, I hate it. I'm never gonna sleep again. <laughs> what song All right. would play? What song would play if I did that? I don't I can't I can't be with you in this space right now, Doc. <laughs> okay, all right. I can't I'm be sorry. with you in this right. I'm the world right. notorious fingernail jar murderer. <laughs> we gotta, gotta get out of here. Okay. Let's 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 close this up. Let's close this bad boy up. Um, so, yeah, that was Return of the Obra Din. One more time, 1999 is the price. It was developed by <laughs> Lucas Pope, uh, released October 18, 2018. Go nope. pick it up. Um, you got it backwards. October. You got it backwards. It's, actually, it's actually $1,820.18, and it oh, came out in 1999. You got that makes total out. sense. The graphics makes perfect sense. Um, ah! So go ahead, pick that up on Steam everywhere else mac pc uh go check it out <laughs> i couldn't figure out where i was going with that one hey anyway hey, social media it's my turn it's my turn let me play um so twitter <laughs> twitter <laughs> twitter.com slash or, or at slash whatever you do thoughts from p1 <laughs> is our twitter our email no, twitter.com slash at thoughts from player one.org <laughs> just see where it takes you <laughs> see what kind of domain that spits you out in no matter um, what it is subscribe yeah um we are on itunes and spotify and websites wherever you can find us um if you leave us an itunes review mama thank you 
I won't kill you and take your fingernails off and take a sweet pick. I promise. Here's important note. Okay. He probably I won't, do that, won't do that anyway. Yeah, I won't do that anyways. I'm but sorry. But the chance I'm... is, you know, definitely zero if you it's... leave us a review when it's positive. It's... <laughs> oh, but yeah. not three stars. No you guarantees. Don't... <laughs> you don't want to take that risk. Um, if you want to let us know, you know, what you did or didn't really like about this podcast, you can email us at thoughtsfromplayer1 at gmail.com. If you want to send us games we should play, um, questions about future games we're going to play, which I know we do not um, tell you very often, but we'd no. appreciate if you did when we did. Um, hey, but we're going to do Life is Strange 2, Episode 2 yes. next, so here's a, you know, here's your, here's your golden mention gate. beforehand. Here's your gate. Yeah, we're going to try and hit it. Um, the iron's hot. And um, I think that's all of the medias. I think. Wow, that's the correct. fastest I've ever done that. Holy shit. I know. <laughs> Usually and I'm like iTunes and. Yeah. I- Normally I make fun iTunes. of you quite a bit in there. iTunes. iTunes. We got it. We're it's done. Got it in one. <laughs> nice podcast. <laughs> that's all the chicken stock and the chili. <laughs> I be having the chili now. Oh, God. The chicken stock. It's so good. (coughs) It bastard. The chili. It's so old. We've been cooking that pot for like two and a half years. Beans. Beef. Chicken stock. (coughs) None of it's good. You're going to get so sick. So sick. (coughs) What? No. No. Ugh. <sighs>